Welcome into another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. On this episode, we have a former teammate of mine who is now coaching uh, junior college baseball at Brookhaven College, Shane Sharkey. Shane and I played together actually back in the independent baseball playing days of my own in the Pecos League. He was a great teammate, great player, former All-American at Brookhaven College where he's coaching right now. Yeah, Brookhaven is a junior college in the Dallas, Texas area. And so Shane talks about their own philosophy when it comes to player development and recruiting, you know, what it's like playing junior college baseball and, and why it, it can be a really good route um, financially, athletically, everything from a, a high school standpoint, because I think the tuition he said there was $2,300 a year. And those first two years, a lot of times you're just taking core classes, even at a four-year school, plus you're getting to play right away at a JUCO versus you know, taking a chance at a D1 where you're more than likely not going to play as a freshman. So a lot of good benefits to, to playing JUCO baseball. And Shane gets into that in this episode. He's, he's done a great job there coaching at Brookhaven College. And um, again, appreciate him coming on the show. This episode is brought to you by Driveline Plus. Driveline Plus is a fantastic membership site from Driveline Baseball where you'll find drills on hitting, pitching, content to help in a, organize your team and from a development standpoint. I've been using Driveline Plus for several years now and, and can't recommend it enough. So if you head to drivelinebaseball.com slash plus and type in coupon code Jones25, you'll get $25 off your first year of Driveline Plus. On March 27th, Jared Gaynor, who was on last week's episode, and myself will be doing a, a free live training, virtual live training on pitching and hitting. Jared's going to be talking about how to develop pitchers and get them to throw more strikes. And I'm going to be talking about how to develop hitters and how to get them to make better swing decisions and hit those strikes even harder. So it's going to be fun. It's completely free. So if you head to patrickjonesbaseball.com slash gainer, patrickjonesbaseball.com slash gainer, type in your name and email. We'll send you to the link to it, to the live training on March 27th. And then if you can't make it, don't worry about it. We're going to send you the, the replay absolutely free, too. So hope hope you enjoyed that if you're able to make it. But patrickjonesbaseball.com slash gainer. Um, we're very excited about it, and, and hopefully we're going to be able to help out a lot of coaches and players, too. Ladies and gentlemen, here is now my episode with Shane Sharkey. All right, we now welcome on Shane Sharkey. Shane, appreciate you coming on the show today. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me, Pat. So coaching college baseball right now, junior college baseball, what's what's the best thing about junior college baseball that people don't know? I think the best thing that people don't know is the uh, talent level. Um, the kids are coming right out of high school and a chance to play right away. That's probably also the best thing is getting a chance to play right away. Um, there's a lot of talent that people don't know about. Um, I think the problem that we have in high school baseball is all these kids just want to go to a big division one school right away or a big division two. And, uh, you know, as we both know, freshmen aren't going to play at those levels and coming to a junior college, you're going to get, you're going to get to play right away and you're going to face some of the, some of the best competition and you're going to get it for a better price as tuition. 
And you're also you're going to get the same classes for a much better price and you're going to get on the field right away, which you won't get at a university. Yeah. And speaking of just academically, you, you have no idea what you really want to study half the time anyway when you get to college. So exactly. those first two years really are going to let you to you know kind of build that foundation and, and kind of figure out what you want to do. Um, when it, when it comes to recruiting and that, that process, how, how late do you guys usually sign guys? Cause I assume that, you know, freshmen and sophomores in high school are where all the big time college coaches go first. And then it's usually, I assume it's like the food chain, right. And then at senior signs usually is where, when you guys realize who you're going to get for the following year. Right. Yeah. We try to sign guys as early as, you know, April, we've already we got a kid coming in today at practice. We're going to try to sign him, see how he looks. And then, yeah, we'll get guys as well. I'll get calls for guys as late as, you know, August 1st when classes are starting mid-August. Um, but we'll try to start signing here in March, get a lot of signings done in April. But we'll do mainly all of our signings pretty much in the summer at the uh, showcases when we'll see guys play in the summer. What What's the tuition like compared to a, a four-year college? So for us, it's actually relatively cheap. It's around twenty three hundred for the uh, year. For the entire and year, twenty three hundred. Yeah, yeah. And we are located in Dallas, Texas. So if also if you're a Dallas County student, uh, we have this new program called the Dallas Promise. So if you're a Dallas student in Dallas County, you actually get tuition for free. Wow. Yeah. So we try to get all, we try to get a lot of our players from this area. Obviously, we go out, get guys from Houston, San Antonio, all around, but. Yeah, we try to really feed that into the Dallas County guys. And then when it, what about like divisions? I know there's different divisions people don't know about in junior college baseball. Can you take us through that? Yeah, so we're Division Three. Um, division One, pretty much the difference is how many students you have and allowing to give money. So at the Division One level, you're allowed to give scholarship money. Um, you're not allowed at the uh, Division Three level, which we are. So. I think the talent's going to be a little bit better overall at the Division One level. And what you're going to notice from Division One, Division Three in baseball is uh, the depth. Guys off the bench are going to be still pretty dang good at the Division One junior college level um, compared to where there's a pretty big drop off at the uh, Division Three level. But I would say the starters at Division Three can definitely hold their own at good schools against starters at the Division One junior college level. Do you guys get many transfers from four-year colleges? Not too many from four years. Um, we'll get a lot of the big Division One uh, drop-offs. Like two of our better players this year are uh, from San Jack. So we'll try to get those their drop-offs. Um, you know, if Tyler has any drop-offs, Weatherford, any of those big Division One schools, we'll try to get their drop-off guys. But now we have yet to get a, a big uh, university drop-off yet. And what are you guys specifically looking for when it when it comes to players that you want to bring into your program? Like from a scouting standpoint, what are you looking for? From our standpoint, we're looking for guys who can hit. Um, you know, in our uh, our conference, we're really trying to get into that bullpen because once you get into the bullpen, uh, you have a pretty good chance of um, winning the baseball game. Because uh, I would say the bullpen is definitely not the strongest part in this conference. So we look for guys who can just hit. We try to out hit teams, um, to be honest with you. But honestly, you know, we're looking for good overall baseball players all around, but we go for, uh, we look for hitters first. What are your responsibilities at the school? 
at the school, I pretty much am just day to day with the head coach, just assisting him in practice, you know, recruiting games. Uh, there's high schools all around the area. So I'm always trying to find a high school game to go find to recruit for next year. And other than that, just getting the guys ready for um, day-to-day stuff, practice, games. And then in the fall, uh, it's extremely busy. I help the guys in the weight room pretty much run all the weightlifting stuff and all the hitting stuff at a practice. So I'm, I'm busy 24-7 here. What, what's the, what are the hours normally like, in-season and then off-season? So off-season, we start practice at about 12 o'clock. I'll get up here at 11, make sure the field's looking good. If anybody wants to get any early work in, be here at 11. And then we'll go usually from 12 to 3. Sometimes it might stretch out a little bit further if we're inter-squatting. And then, you know, it's like the clean up the field, 30-minute drive home. So I'll get home at about 5, 36 o'clock. So about, I would say, 12 to 4, I'm at the field. 12 to 4. Yeah. One of the, the cool things I think about junior college baseball is there, there's really no guidelines or rules when it comes to practice, correct? Yeah, correct. You can practice seven days a week for seven hours a day if you wanted to. Have you guys ever done that? <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've, gone, uh, we've gone six days a few weeks in a row for sure in the fall. Uh, I mean, in the spring, obviously, it's pretty much six days a week anyway. But in the fall, we've done uh, some long weeks. But no, we have yet to do a full seven days in a row. We might have back when I played. Um, we might have back in the day. But now, no, we haven't done a full seven days in a row. Right, because you played at Brookhaven, too. You were, weren't you an All-American yeah, there? Yeah. I was. Yeah, yeah. I was an All-American there in 2013. And uh, once I moved back from playing in California, uh, came back to my alumni. They had an assistant spot open up, so I took it, and I've been here the last five years since. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. What What's the? Yeah. Uh, I mean, would you would you want to be a head coach someday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are I'm you... definitely looking to. Go ahead. I mean, I'm definitely looking to be a head coach eventually somewhere. Um, you know, you kind of got to get lucky with spots that open up and who you know, and all that stuff. But no, I would definitely love to be a head coach, whether it be, I would rather it be at the college level, but. If it has to be at the high school level, then, you know, I would take that as well. But I would love to love to be a head coach, definitely, for sure. Just not sure when that would be or how that would work out. So if you coach at the high school level, would you would you teach at the high school, too? Yeah. Yeah. In Texas, you got to teach. Um, and that's actually what I graduated with. I have my um, degree in that. So, yeah, I would try to find either history or teach PE and then coach in high school as well. So for those listening or watching this, you know, we, Shane and I, we played independent baseball together, Pecos League. I know you yeah. played the following year, too, at, out in Bakersfield. How did, yeah. how did that year go? That year was a lot different. Um, for me, at least, it was. I mean, they won the championship again, but I was there, and it just wasn't the same feeling out playing. You know, you felt like you were just playing for fun at that point. Because uh, you already done one year in the Pecos League, you're hoping to move up, and then you don't get moved up, and then you're you're out there with the same some of the same guys, and you kind of see that there's no, I ain't, I ain't moving up anywhere. I'm not going to a higher league. I'm not going to affiliated. So it's like, what am what am I doing out here? And kind of once I realized that, uh, you know, I started playing worse and really just didn't care as much, which is never good when you're out there. And I got released about halfway through the summer, which was honestly I was. I was happy because I was pretty much done playing at that point, especially in the 
in that league of that that much of a grind in that league. Did you know right away you wanted to get back into coaching, or were you just kind of? Yeah, 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 definitely. Because the year before that, the year before we played in 2017, I was the uh, student assistant uh, in Nebraska Kearney where I played. So I definitely knew I wanted to get into coaching and stay around baseball. And what what level is that? Nebraska Kearney is a D2. Well, they were. They don't have a baseball program, sadly, anymore. They don't have a baseball program anymore? No. The year after I left, one year, I think they played one more season or two more seasons. Uh, they had budget cuts and they cut the baseball program, which had been around for, you know, 30 to 50 years, something ridiculous like that. And they just Gee. let it go. Oh. Yeah, so it was pretty, that was a pretty big deal. And yeah, it was, it was a pretty bad thing that happened. Hopefully so you they bring had, it back. I don't know if they plan on it. You've had experiences now at several, I mean, like you said, Carney's Division Two. you're at Brookhaven Junior College. What I mean, what will people out there, high school players, parents listening, what what is the difference? Because it it really is a lot of times it, it's like some people think it's an insult when you say, hey, I think D2 may be the best situation for you. And what I try to tell them anyway is, hey, th- there's guys getting drafted out of D2, right? Just because you're going to a D2 or D3 or JUCO doesn't mean you can't play professional baseball and quite frankly doesn't mean you can't play at a big time power five school it's just where you know a lot of it is are you early or late to the signing and you know where are you at currently with your development so in in your own words I mean what what would be the advice you would give to you know people kind of going through that recruiting process and the the different levels yeah it's I mean I have to go with that through my guys too as well you know they all just want to all they think about is D1 and that's where I want to go and I try to tell them, find a place that you're going to like, a town that you're going to like, um, a coach that you're going to like, and a school, an area that you're going to like, because it's not just about playing Division One baseball. It's a spot where you want to have fun, uh, a spot where you can play every day. Because we ask them what's most important to you. Is playing time more important to you, or is just being at a big school more important? Because if being at a big school is more important, sure, we can try to get you somewhere there, and you might see five at-bats a season. and that's what you want and we'll try to get you there but if you want to be an everyday player you're gonna to have to go to a smaller school which is there's nothing wrong with that um and for obviously 99 percent of the guys they want to play somewhere you know they don't want to just go to a big school just to say they went to a big school and there's talent everywhere i've i've seen it all over i've played all the way from nebraska to california I grew up in florida texas now so i've been all around the country at every level and there's great baseball everywhere um it doesn't matter if you're D3 Juco like I'm coaching or a division one baseball player there's there's talent throughout the country and um you know if you see the stuff on online that says you're going to get seen wherever you are I mean that's definitely that's not true um you might you might get seen but baseball can be rough you might hit 400 and hit 15 bombs wherever you are and nobody might pick you up that's the sad truth about it but that's why I tell people you need to go somewhere where you want to have an education a town you're going to love and a coach you're going to like because I think that's what lasts and matters more than just playing at a big division one. That's good stuff. Yeah, you're right because, as you just said, there's there's good baseball everywhere. There's so many players yeah. everywhere. 
that it is so easy to, and it, I mean, kind of at, at times be overlooked just because there's so many players out there. So you kind of got to look at it. You kind of have to humble yourself at times a little bit where it's like, I get it. You had a good season, but Hey, let's do it again. You know what I mean? Let's do yeah, it that exactly. the next yeah. year too. And, and then, you know, at a certain point, like, you, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know. I, my next thing I was going to ask you was how do you guys go about helping players or is there, or do they do it on their own? go from JUCO to their next stop? How do we help them get there? Yeah, yeah. Like, how does that process work? Is it similar to high school? It's pretty It's pretty close to high school. We pretty much ask them where exactly they're willing to go and where they want to go. Uh, most of the kids want to stay close to home or in Texas, at least, which can still be a 10-hour drive from place to place. Um, so I try to get them to broaden out their, you know, horizon and go – go play wherever they're going to get the most money and a town they're going to like. Because like I said, we've had plenty of guys go to, you know, small division one schools and I've tried to gear them towards a uh, big time D2 in a better area. And, you know, they still want to go to the division one school to say they play D1 and, you know, a few of them have ended up leaving after their first year and not liking it at all. Um, so we pretty much ask them the same thing. We ask them uh, what's most important to you playing time or being at a big school. Uh, is location important to you? And we try to help them out with all those things. Uh, we find them a place they're going to like and a place where they're going to get the most money and the best chance to play every day. So you are picking up the phone yourself and calling these schools and, or, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I definitely, we definitely, towards the end of the year, we're making a bunch of calls, um, sending emails out. Um, but I also tell them to promote themselves. Uh, you know, they have with video, how much video we have nowadays. I tell them, Hey, Almost every college baseball coach in the country has their email on their website. Uh, so go to any college you want to go to, um, send them a short email, throw a video in there. And, you know, none of us coaches like to read three paragraphs long full of email. So I say, tell them your name, uh, your GPA, your height, your weight, maybe your 60 time if you're fast and a short video and say, here's a video clip. I'm interested in coming to your school. And uh, here's a video of me swinging or hitting or whatever it may be. How many times do you think those coaches read those compared to with you call as a coach? Um, I think they read it more than people think. Uh, maybe not the big time schools. Uh, that's why I tell them to send it to the assistants as well. And even the graduate assistants on there, I would say the head coaches at the big time schools aren't probably reading it too much at all or looking at them. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot more if I'm sending them or our head coaches sending them. Uh, they're definitely going to, because I pretty much every time I send it to a coach, I'll get a response back to where a player might get only 50, 50 on his response back. So it's definitely way more when the coach, um, you know, if he has a lot, a little bit more credibility, it's definitely more valuable for him to, to send stuff. What kind of questions is that coach asking you when you're, after you've sent information to, to him? Yeah. So pretty much at any level, the coach, coaches are going to ask the same question. Um, they're going to ask if he's a good kid. Right, they're not going to ask, does he rake or how hard does his exit velo? Right, right away they're going to ask if he's a good kid because every college, every university wants to have make sure that the character's there. Right, they don't care if he's the greatest player ever if he's got a terrible attitude or he doesn't work hard. Um, so the first thing they ask if he's a good kid. Um, then you give your answer, and then they'll ask pretty much what his what he struggles at and what he's good at, and you just got to give them your honest answer, and they watch the video and. They pretty much see it for themselves if they think it'll work or not. How many times would you say you you call coaches and 
they do they usually want to go see them or how do they want the player to come work out for them at their school? Like, how does that work? So I'm sure some of them want to see him in person. Yeah, no, they definitely, if they can, they want to see him in person. Um, if it's a school out of state or far away, they try to get a grad assistant or one of the assistants to come watch. And if it's a school close, like, you know, within a few hours, they'll come down and watch or, you know, we can send them up to go for a workout. And that's definitely the best thing possible is to get in front of a coach as many times as possible because the more you're seen in person, uh, the better chance you're definitely going to have if you're a good player. Do college coaches come and watch your guys' games during the season? Yeah, not not anything crazy. Like, we're not going to have 10 scouts in the stands by any means. But, no, definitely towards the end of the year, we'll definitely start having college coaches roll up to most of the conference games. And then earlier you mentioned that you try to go and watch some high school games. How does that work when you're so busy during the season with Brookhaven in college and, and, and coaching yeah. now? Yeah, no, it's not easy. Um, some days you got to skip out on practice and let the head coach or the other assistant um, run practice. And, you know, that's just how it goes. You got to give up some practice time to get some recruits uh, for, for the next year. And if, if I can, you know, like I said, we practice usually from 12 to 4, and the college, or the high school kids will play at like 7. So sometimes I have time to make it right after practice or just calls for a pretty long day. What's What's been the, the one thing that you've learned coaching and coaching so far your past several years that you've been doing it since you were done playing? And I've learned so much. Um, you learn how much you didn't know a few years before that you thought you did know. Um, like when I right when I started getting into coaching I thought I I thought I knew a lot and it's crazy you just learn every single year no matter and I've been in this game for 25 years now and I'm still learning more every day and you know learning new drills and how to communicate with players which I think is a I think it's something I'm really good at it's something that is a huge deal of developing players is building a relationship with them and knowing how to communicate with each player because if you're just uh, any guy, even if you know your stuff, if you don't have a relationship with the kid, uh, he's not going to listen to you as well. Um, you know, obviously, if you're a huge name, like a big leader or something, they're going to listen to you. But if you don't have a relationship with the kids, then they're not going to buy into what you have to say and what you're trying to develop them into as well. Um, but, yeah, as much as I've learned, I've learned a lot about the game, a lot about the kids. And, you know, it's just it's a lot of hard work. And if you want to find a, a job for coaching, at least, in college baseball, you got to get lucky and you just got to work the extra hours and be okay with not making a lot of money. So you, you mentioned about the big leaguer there. And I think one of the things that I would even say to that is I think they would start out listening to him just because he's a big leaguer. But yeah. I would say if, if they're not, if he's not helping them, then they're not going to continue to want right. to go and ask him questions right there at the end of the day, like the the players, they want to get better. And so I think what I've seen anyway is even professional players, they don't really care about your background. If you can help me get better, I want to talk to you, right? I want to, I yeah. want that information versus, and if you can't, then like, I don't have time. Like I'm, 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 you know, too busy trying to develop and get better. So um, yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree with, with what you just said there. I know you, you said you mentioned working other jobs. Do you work other jobs during, during the year? Yeah, <laughs> I've had uh Man, so this is my fifth year coaching at Brookhaven, and I get a small stipend with them, but I have worked countless amount of jobs. So when I first started, uh, you know, fresh out of playing Pecos League indie ball, um, I was working at Market Street, 
work in the truck in the morning. So I would get there at 6 a.m. and work till 11, making like $10 an hour. Then I go to practice, practice started at 12. And then I was also working at Top Golf, which is actually a pretty fun job. Uh, so I, they would let me work there at night. And I did both of those for about six months and then stopped doing that. And then for the next uh, two and a half before right at COVID, I drove for uh, Lyft. So I was a Lyft driver, which was awesome because it worked with my schedule. I could pretty much drive 24-7 whenever I wanted to. So that was a much better deal for me because my schedule was already so crazy with baseball. Um, the Lyft driving was was perfect for me. Um, so I did that for about two and a half years. But now, uh, you know, I've worked a couple more jobs here and there. But right now I'm just doing lessons. There's a, a new facility that opened up right next to uh, the college. So I pretty much go to practice and then I'll go there and give lessons and do classes. And it's, it's a good setup for me. What, what's the name That's of the facility? Called, it's called Elite Five Tool Fitness. Okay. It just opened up uh, probably about a year ago, a little over a year. Um, it's literally right next door to our college. So it's, it's perfect for me. And uh, it's a place where the kids can hit. Uh, we got fielding classes, hitting classes, and there's a little workout room, um, two tunnels to pitch in. It's, it's a sweet little setup. What would be the advice you would give to someone who wants to get into college coaching? Would you, would you say just go anywhere you possibly can just to get your foot in the door? Or would you say build up and then kind of figure out what you want to do? Yeah, it definitely depends on who you know, for sure. Um, I would say if you can, start out at the school that you coached at because um, that's the school that you played at. Um, that's going to be your best chance to uh, get a coaching gig because obviously you played there, you know the system you know, the head coach and all the other coaches. So that's where I started out at. Um, and then I wanted to get out of Nebraska because I just wanted out of the North to keep going for me. Um, and then I came back home to where I played again at my alumni. So um, I think that's the easiest way. But if you can't do that, like if you don't like where you played at or maybe whatever happened with your situation, just go somewhere where you can get your foot in the door, um, whether it be a big school or a small school. And you're going to have to start from the bottom and work your way up. That's definitely not going to be easy, but, you know, you're going to start start from the bottom, work your way up, unless you can get lucky with, you know, like I said, if you have connections and you know people, um, some guys can just get lucky and find their way in and work their way up that way. But, yeah, you're going to have to work side jobs, side hustles, and, you know, not get paid very much. Hey, it's similar to the Pecos League, right? You might have to sleep in the clubhouse oh, at yeah. times. <laughs> you might have to sleep in your car and, not have a bat to use for half of the season. Right. Yeah. Do you remember that, that when uh, all those guys had to sleep in the clubhouse and there was all those mice running around and everything? So gross. We had like six dudes sleeping in the clubhouse to play baseball. It was crazy. Unbelievable. And yeah, freaking rats running around. We'd walk in but every day and like the mattresses were all over the, <laughs> the ground and everything. I couldn't believe it. I, and I was like, man, you guys are. I don't think I could do it for a full summer. Maybe for a night or a weekend, but some of those guys did it for a few months. But Crazy. like I said, you got to make sacrifices sometimes if you want to play the game that you love. Yeah, I, sacrifice is a fantastic word. I mean, it's. I think what's cool right now, at least from my viewpoint, is you know with everything going on with Major League Baseball, I think more people are are giving attention to college baseball and and all the different levels, and and so I, I think 
it's it's gonna bring in even more fans and and people to it so i know that's something that, that i see which i mean for me like obviously i love watching baseball and the only i mean the only thing on is college baseball right now or following college yeah. baseball so i've yeah. loved watching and and trying to you know evaluate and see you know the different types of, of talent at, at various levels and i think you said earlier which I see too is I'm sure you guys have have several players on your roster who could play at bigger schools, but it's just the difference is the depth, right? Where it's right. you know getting into once you, know, you started getting into the bullpen and things like that. So how do you guys go about trying to develop those players who may not be as good as you know the the top tier guys right now, but you you know obviously you need them to make a a, a big run long term. Right. Yeah. And back on the college baseball thing, my whole Twitter, obviously, it's because I'm a college baseball coach. My whole Twitter page is just college baseball right now. It's awesome. Um, I love watching MLB showing games. It's been so much fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, as far as developing the players who aren't maybe as talented as the other guys, I take, you know, we're only as strong as our weakest link. So I'm not going to give, just because a guy's a starter, I'm not going to give him way more attention than I'm going to give a guy who might not be a starter. Because at the end of the day, injuries are going to happen. Um, people are going to go down with whatever. And we, we're going to need pretty much everybody on our roster. So unless you get redshirted or get released, then I'm going to work just as hard with the starters as I am guys who are at the bottom of the chain because every year something happens halfway through the season or, you know, the last week right before you get to playoffs where one of your better players goes down and now you need a guy to step up. And it's like, have you worked with this guy all year? Have you developed him to, to be ready for this spot? So, and it's happened. It's happened every single year so. No, we definitely work just as hard with our um, lower guys who aren't starters than, as we do with our guys who are who are dudes for us. What's I mean? Would you say the biggest difference is their their hitting or is it fielding? For some guys, I would probably say it's hitting because um, you know we, like I said, we recruit hitters, so we can try to find a place to hide you on defense if you're hitting. Um, but I would definitely say it's uh, it's just the yeah the approach. Um, and just the discipline at the plate, most importantly, I think uh, you'll find guys who are going to leave the zone way more um, at the lower, at the uh, for the depth. As far as the starters, they're not going to leave the zone as much, and they're going to be on time for their fastballs. And you know they don't miss their their two O's and their three one pitches. Do you guys have a certain philosophy when it comes to to hitting and approach? Yeah, yeah, we definitely do. Um, I pretty much, you know beat into their heads that to be on time for the fastball and to cover fastballs. Um, you know, you remember we played with uh, Shane Brown, who played um, double A for the Yankees. And he says, I, you know, every pitch, I pretty much hunt fastball at my knees um, because he's not going to chase anything up for the fastball. And he feels that if he, you know, whether the guy's throwing 78 or if he's throwing 95, you have to be on time for the fastball. Um, you can't let up. We can't let pitchers dictate, you know, what pitch we swing at and this and that. So, we pretty much beat in their heads to be on time for the fastball. And uh, we like to hunt speeds too. If we're, if it's a runner on third, you know, less than, I want to give away our secrets, but you know, runner on third, less than uh, two outs, you know, we're going to sit breaking ball more often than not. Um, obviously two O your three, one counts. We're hunting the fastball and not so much just guessing pitches every time, but you pretty much want to sit on your speeds and hunt your pitches, especially the better pitcher um, that he is that you're going to face. You have to give up. You have to make him a two-pitch pitcher. And if he's got three, you have to give up one of those and try to, you know, guess, make him a two-pitch pitcher. And that way you got a 50-50 shot at um, knowing what's coming. 
Yeah, I'm I'm definitely all in on on looking fastball. I mean, I, how how some of these guys are are looking. I had a kid this past year. He he went up there, and at times he would look. At, I swear to God, he would look change up, and yeah. hit several home runs. Actually, when he when he did guess right, that's the first time I've really have have seen that. But when when yeah. you're doing when you're doing stuff with infielders, I know you played infield. Is there a specific system you have for trying to develop them or or anything like that? For our infielders? Yep. Yeah, so our infielders, you know, we're going to do a lot of uh, a lot of handwork because obviously, you know, the most important body part in fielding is going to be your hands. Um, can't field without them, right? And obviously, you got to have good feet. Um, you got to see the ball and get around the baseball and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you got to trust your hands. And I'll tell that to my infielders and also tell it to my hitters. Uh, you got to have good hands if you want to be a good infielder or hitter, and you got to trust them. So we'll do a lot pretty much every day we start out whether it be ground balls on our knees or, you know, short fungo, whatever it is, we're going to use just our glove because um, you got to trust your glove. So we'll have them either put that hand behind their, their right hand behind their back or just keep it to the side, and we're just going to work through using just our glove because that also, what they don't know is it makes them use their feet more too. Um, they either have to come get it or they got to make a drop step back, uh, whatever it may be. they got to pick through the short hop just using their glove. So I think you'll – if you do that for your high school guys or, I mean, guys at any level, honestly, um, you'll start to see maybe little tweaks that they need to make in their um, defensive approach. You'll see like their feet not moving correctly or them not attacking the baseball correctly if, if they have to use just their glove. Love it. Shane, it's been yeah. awesome, man. I'm glad we got to catch up and, and you got to come Thank on you. the show and good luck the rest of the year, man. And um, again, nothing but the best for you. Thanks, man. Let's play with you, brother. Yeah, you too.